Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Bandwell. Appreciate you joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in 1 Kings chapter 17, and it was the first two verses of the chapter that resonated. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishba in Gilead said to King Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Today's podcast is entitled, Elijah, a Pivotal Character. One of the great things that constantly amazes me in my ongoing journey through the great story is how events separated by hundreds and thousands of years and recorded by different authors are so interconnected. Today's chapter launches one of the most exciting and action-packed episodes in all of the great story. King Ahab is on the throne in the northern king of Israel. The kingdom of Israel has abandoned Yahweh, the God of Moses and David, and has embraced one of the most popular regional deities, a fertility-slash-storm god named Baal. This had been largely a business strategy for Israel, which desired lucrative trade alliances with their neighboring kingdoms, who all worshipped Baal. So Ahab marries a Phoenician princess named Jezebel, who is a faithful advocate for worship of Baal and other regional deities. The marriage between Ahab and Jezebel was also a strategic trade alliance. And then out of nowhere, there arrives a lone stranger, a prophet of God named Elijah. And Elijah proclaims that there will be no rain or dew except by his word. A catastrophic drought and famine begin. Now what was fascinating for me in the rest of the chapter was the way that the events in the chapter point back in time to earlier events, as well as foreshadowing future events of Jesus and his followers. So follow with me here. First, there's a drought, which is a powerful metaphor for spiritual decline and need, thirst, starvation. Jesus said that he was living water. And water is a repetitive metaphorical theme that God uses throughout the great story to communicate spiritual nourishment, abundance, and life. In the Garden of Eden at the very beginning of Genesis and the new heaven and earth at the end of Revelation, we find a river of life watering the tree of life. Drought and subsequent famine were, therefore, living word pictures of the spiritual consequences lack, need, thirst, starvation, decline, death, that the kingdom of Israel faced in giving themselves over to Baal worship and abandoning God. So God tells Elijah to go east beyond the Jordan River. Now think about this for a moment, because east is the direction that God told Adam and Eve to go out of the Garden of Eden. Elijah is going east, into exile, into the wilderness across the Jordan 
the very land where Moses and the Hebrew tribes wandered while seeking the promised land back in the book of Exodus. For the Israelites of Elijah's day, this was a stinging rebuke that the man of God was rejecting God's people in the promised land and returning to the wilderness. And I couldn't help but see this as a foreshadowing of Jesus, his followers, and the early Jesus movement. Because when the Hebrew religious institution rejects, executes, and persecutes Jesus and his followers, much as they abandoned God for Baal worship, well, Jesus and his followers, their ministry expands <laughs> to the non-Jewish Gentiles. Right next, Elijah is fed by ravens in the wilderness. They bring him bread and meat every morning and every night. This points back to God providing manna, bread, and quail, meat to his people during their wilderness wanderings in Exodus, again, east of the Jordan, in the very place that Elijah is hiding. Ravens, however, were unclean for the Hebrew people, as would be any food that came out of their mouths. Well, this foreshadows events in the early Jesus movement when God tells Peter and the rest of Jesus' followers that every food is clean. Meat was a luxury in the diet of common people in Elijah's days. Kings were among the only ones who could afford this luxury. And there was a famine in the land. This meant that the king of Israel himself, Ahab, was likely going hungry in the palace while Elijah feasted on meat twice a day at God's table. Elijah is led to go to a Gentile widow's house in Zarephath. And this foreshadows the early Jesus movement being led to take Jesus' message to the Gentiles, like Peter being led to a Roman centurion's house, the house of Cornelius in the book of Acts. There is a drought and famine going on. And Elijah has the audacity to ask a Gentile widow for water and bread. This foreshadows both Jesus asking a Gentile woman from Samaria for a drink of water in John chapter 4, and the audacity of Jesus telling his disciples to feed a crowd of thousands with a couple of loaves and a few fish. Elijah goes on to tell the woman to make bread from her flour and oil jars, explaining that the jars will miraculously never be empty, just like the baskets of bread and fish that Jesus' disciples passed around to the crowds. Elijah then raises the widow's son from the dead, foreshadowing the same miracle that Jesus would perform on multiple occasions. The prophet Elijah himself is a pivotal figure in the great story. And today's chapter is an example of this. Elijah harkens back to earlier chapters of the great story. He is a lead character in the chapter of history in which he lived, and he foreshadows John the Baptist, Jesus' earthly ministry, and where God will ultimately lead the story in future chapters. Elijah's life and experiences metaphorically point to what God has done, is doing, and will do later in the story. So in the quiet this morning, I'm once again amazed and how the great story ties together across multiple sources and across time. I'm also once again reminded that the story is still being told, and that I have a role to play. And with that thought, I enter my day. Hope you have a great day, my friend. 
We'll be back here tomorrow.